the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Well, I can finally talk again. <laughs> well, that stuff uh, that's going around is nasty stuff. Uh, but let's start thinking positively. By the way, if you have it and you're, you're older, you should go see a doctor because it's bacterial. I don't think it's flu. Um, the difference between the impossible and the possible lies in never giving up. Tommy Lasorda. You should know. Uh, you know, as always, we talk about our uh, web page here. And I, I, I had a, a call from Al this week. And uh, Al is a pretty knowledgeable guy. knows what he's talking about. And uh, he said, Tim, you're not recommending any lists but dividend lists. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> Look, we, you know, we've been in a hole for a while. And uh, I, I did see some improvement this week in the markets. And I'll talk about that in, uh, at a latter point. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, it's periods like this where you want to buy the great stuff. Hey, look, I've got a, a client who has nothing but Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, Cisco, Intel, just the big names, and they didn't get hurt at all, okay? So, uh, well, I mean, down a couple grand maybe, something like that. In some cases, you know, some of those, Procter & Gamble hit a new high, Coke hit a new high, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Cisco hit a new high. So, uh, your stock picking is really important here, and uh, I think the dividend portfolio is where people go when things are nasty. So anyway, uh, if you Google Tim Hayes uh, Radio, uh, I show up, and uh, or you can Bing it, or you know, I think even Facebook has it that way. Um, and it, you can always tell it's me because it says first vice president, uh, financial advisor of RBC Consulting Group, and buy low, sell high. And up on the top, there's a contact me. So if you want to get together for a cup of coffee and talk about your portfolio, uh, please uh, let me know. And uh, look, I, I think there's still we you know we haven't changed much on this because cybersecurity is still a problem, and that there's some thing under the bulletin board that are really important. And interest rates, look, I think interest rates are going to fluctuate, but they're going to stay lower for longer. That's my humble opinion. Uh, you know, if you sit down and have a cup of coffee with me, I'll show you why. Um, also, we have uh, Bob Dickey's, uh, who's our head technical strategist. He has, a, you know, the technical review every day. And sometimes, you know, the market's such a vast thing. It's better to see what you're looking at or, or see what it's doing than to try to figure it out in your brain. Okay? I'll just leave it at that. Uh, anyway, we have a new newsletter out. And the new newsletter, uh, you know, uh, some questions. Number one, uh, what happened to your money? You know, where does all your money go? All right? And it talks about hybrid funds, balance, lifestyle, or target. A lot of people are going to target funds. I think that's a big mistake in my humble opinion, but, uh, you know, that's my opinion, no one else's. Um, the, the third part is reviewing your estate plan, okay? Is, is it in order? Believe me, this stuff's important. Should I re- 
consider requesting a deferment or forbearance for my federal student loans. Are my student loans eligible for public service loan forgiveness? That's important stuff. Uh, very, very important stuff. So take a look. Now, look, uh, I'm going to talk about this in the second half or the first part of the show, I think is this. Um, the energy stocks held up fairly well, but oil just got pounded uh, in a 12, 13-day period. It went from 77 down to 55. Now, just so you know, oil is the largest market outside of the bond market, of the U.S. Treasury market, that there is. It's huge. It's a big, big market. And to have a drop of 30% in basically two and a half weeks is pretty phenomenal, all right? Um, which, you know, being a contrarian, somewhere around here, I think you're going to get a bottom. You know, 30% is a big sell-off, and it might be time to get the global best energy ideas out. None of them are down a whole lot. Uh, maybe one or two are got beat up a little bit, but nothing, um, you know, big, okay? Now, I also talked about the, the guided portfolio for dividend growth, and this held up extremely well. All right. Um, even better than the prime income list, which is another thing that I would uh, recommend. And by the way, I, I talked last week about or last three weeks about it's time for the financials to step up to the plate. And I noticed something. The greatest investor of our time, Warren Buffett, has bought Bank America. And now he bought J.P. Morgan. Interesting, huh? Uh, you know, look, and I think what I would be doing uh, right now would be getting a shopping list of real high quality names. And look. The bullish percent turned around, and I said to wait on it because it would pull back, and it did. And but I noticed a couple of good things this weekend, and I will uh, talk about that in a minute, and uh, we'll go from there. But look, you know, look for quality, okay? And remember, we do have a sheet that tells you all the dollar limitations for your 2018 and 2019 retirement plans. If you'd like that, once again, Google Tim Hayes Radio, hit the contact me. We're glad to get it out for you. All right, let's get going. Um, Zeta Global, whose clients include wireless carriers, uh, generates scores using data points such as the number of times a customer has dialed a call center and whether that person has browsed a, a competitor's website. The firm says its database has more than 700 million people with an average of 250 pieces of data per person. <laughs> no, they're not, you know, when you call or anything, they're not writing this all down. Uh, China has over 100 cities with more than a million inhabitants. And by 2020, there will be more people in China's middle class than there are in the total people in the U.S. Isn't that amazing? Uh, most corrections are over before you know it. The average correction, a decline of 10%, but not more than 20%, occurs once per year and declines approximately 13.5%. We've had two this year, actually, uh, which is kind of interesting. And we've been pounding the table on, on preferreds and best ideas and preferreds, but I want you to know that there's a couple uh, things out there that, um, you know, are kind of uh, something you have to pay attention to. And uh, if you don't know who Paul Tudor Jones is, you probably should get to know him. Uh, he's been around the block for a long time. He's probably one of the oldest hedge funds there is. And... Uh, he and another manager, um, you know, look, I, I've been talking about the credit uh, credit stress, you know, in, in the markets, and I uh, said this about a month ago, so, I, you know, I haven't been talking about it regularly, but the credit st stress still remains low at the big banks right now, okay? However, some people, uh, and, you know, these are some pretty smart guys, uh, 
you know, one one guy's uh, head of uh, he's legal and general investment manager of America, you know, and the other guy is is one of the oldest hedge funds on the planet, and they're talking about um, the corporate bond market. And look, um, you know, GE just got downgraded, and in in a big way, uh, you know, almost to junk status. Okay, so what what these guys are talking about, um, you know, look. We've had the worst year for corporate debt in a decade, uh, and they think it's just the start of the slump. So I think, you know, you want to be careful, especially in the high-yield bond funds, okay? Uh, you know, these are normally market-driven. They're more, they're more stock-oriented than, than bond-oriented. But, look, uh, th- these are pretty smart guys, and it, um, he thinks that, you know, the one guy's from Chicago. Uh, he manages like $180 billion in assets, so he's no spring chicken, okay? he And I'm not mentioning names here. You do your own homework. But it feels like much more risky proposition than it did a year ago, okay? High-grade bonds may be able to call back some of the steep losses seen in October if issuance is slow and the Asians stop selling, the market stabilized. But he's not guaranteeing that. But, you know, we also... Um, we have a hedge fund boss who, I, like I said, is is one of the oldest in the in the business, and you know he is. Uh, he said stress testing his portfolio of corporate debt be, uh, because he expects a tumultuous road ahead on the back of the Federal Reserve's uh, apparent commitment to normalize interest rates. I mean, look, uh, I think Mr. Powell flunked Fed Chairman One Hundred and One. Uh, in back in October when he said he, he was going to, you know, he thought there'd be five more interest rate increases. Well, who's going to buy stocks or bonds if there's five more inc- interest rate increases? Well, we found out nobody. Look, I'm telling you, October was a total lack of buying. It had some sellers, don't get me wrong, but it was just the ETFs, you know, the, you know, the two times and three times, uh, uh, short ETFs uh, on the market, and and the guys with the machines were running things back and forth. There was no there's no buyers, okay, and so he found out. So I think he he flunked 101. Now, look, uh, this gentleman that ran a hedge fund, he he spoke at uh, a forum in in Greenwich, uh, Connecticut, and he was, you know, look, he predicted the crash in in '87. So he, he's 64 years old. Uh, you know, he's a very smart guy. He's been around the block a couple of times. But he said the biggest threat to financial stability comes from the elevated level of the stock market and the sensitivity of bonds to interest rates. Uh, so if they raise interest rates a few more times, uh, you know, you got to be paying attention. Look, somebody asked me about Japan, and, I, you know, it's been mired in a decades-long slump, and it bounced a little bit. But, look, one thing Japan has going for it, it's supplying automation products to the world. Uh, Japan is the undisputed leader in in the production of robots and factory automation systems. Five of the top ten producers are J- Japanese, and between them, they have almost thirty percent of the market. So, uh, you know, this could be the key to Japan. I don't know if it's going to happen right away, but but the the growing global demand for robotics and automation systems is huge. I mean, uh, you know, look, we went from sixty thousand to three hundred eighty thousand systems out there, robot robotic systems. From 2009 to 2017, that's a big, big move. So Japan is automating very rapidly, which is, you know, prob- part of the problem that they're not, they don't have any people working. And when they you go unemployed, you stay there for a while. But there's some real benefits to factory uh, automation, and uh, you know, Japan's seeing them right now. So if anybody's thinking that uh, you know things are uh, going poorly there, they're not. Um, 
You know, the midterms election was the most anticipated in a generation. It's easy to get swept up in the political side shows, but when it, it comes to setting investment agenda, there, there's something else that supersedes the, the drama over there in DC. And that's what investors should follow. It's their compass, shall we say. So when U.S. elections occur and, and people are, are looking around, look, when we've had a divided government, uh, in the, when, you know, when we've had a Democratic president and we went Democrat, the market was up 14%. When we went Republican, it was up 18%. When we were split, we went up 16%. This is what occurs in a midterm election, okay? Now, we had a Republican president, and when Republicans took over, it was 12.6, Democrats 7.5, which is what's happening here. When it's split, it's 15.8. So if it's totally controlled by the Republicans or Democrats, we actually have a lesser thing with a Republican uh, uh, management. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, some people ask me about what's behind the oil price decline. And look, I think it was a combination of everything. Um, first of all, we had the Saudis easing up on, uh, you know, the they were producing a lot of oil. So wasn't the folks in the Permian Basin. And then... Uh, you know, Iran was allowed to sh- continue to ship oil uh, to certain nations. And so uh, there was a buildup, a very quick buildup, and, and it turned into a very quick sell-off. So, hey, look, we're going to be right back. We're going to talk about the dollar and some other things. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. I was driving. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, defeating America's enemies with no apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And look, if you'd like to sit down and have a cup of coffee uh, or you missed part of this show and you want to hear the rest of it, don't forget, if you go to WHK's website, that's WHK1420, and hit the the, the uh, podcasts, local podcasts, and go down to Tim Hayes, you can always catch me, all right? They put the podcast on, uh, on Monday morning at uh, noon, or Monday afternoon, I should say. And uh, you can listen to it anytime. So, uh, you know, it's, I believe we're also on op- Apple Podcasts, but I'm not absolutely sure about that. Uh, so, you know, that's a good thing. If you want to have coffee, just call me. You know, I pick up the phone. 
888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or you can just hit the contact Tim uh, button uh, if you go to you know Google or Bing, Tim Hayes Radio, okay? Uh, anyway, a lot of people have been asking me about the QQQs, and, and I'm not recommending these because, uh, we, you know, like I, I just don't like the chart pattern, but uh, I'd rather recommend individual stocks within that QQQ. Uh, but, you know, look, they managed a, a barrel, bearish signal reversal. That's when you've made a series of lower highs and then you break above the last lower high. And that, that's positive, and it probably means that we're going to get a little bit of rally there. I don't know if it's just a little bit of rally or it's done. I, look, I, I think the fangs are over-owned, and I've said that on this show numerous times. So isn't Lori Calcivina, our head strategist. And it's going to take a while. Uh, I mean, she said something like, I, I think in one of her reports, that 62 of our 70 biggest institutions had 2% positions in the fangs. Now, I mean, some of these guys run hundreds to $200 billion. That's a lot of fang stocks, okay? So, you know, if you have 2% positions, usually your top 10 positions are 2%. So seven of them are fangs. It's going to take some time to get rid of that stock because they're going to, they're going to probably layer, you know, lower it to, to a, a more normal allocation. So, look, I think there's plenty of strong stocks. I mean, uh, I, I've, I've mentioned the consumer staples. These are up 10, 15% from where I bought them this, this spring. All right. And we talked about it on the show ad nauseum for about three months. Um, there's also some, some industrials. So I'm starting to see a pull, pull away. So those are some things to look at. And, uh, even some of the REITs, you know, we talked about those. So the right now I'd be looking at the prime income list and the dividend growth list. If you'd like those, you know, just once again, go to, you know, uh, Google or Bing. Hit Tim Hayes Radio and hit the contact me, and I'll, I'll be glad to send it to you. But look, the real story of the week, I think, was the U.S. dollar and uh, the U.S. dollar index. Now, what is the U.S. dollar index to begin with? Uh, we should explain that the U.S. dollar index is just priced in terms of a weighted basket of major foreign currencies. And we refer to this as uh, in moves in the dollar. It's the index that most people are referring to. So the index is a geometrical uh, average calculation of six weighted currencies against the U.S. dollar, okay? Uh, the euro is 57.6, Canadian dollar is 9.1, Japanese yen 13.6, Swedish corona 4.2, British pound 11.9, Swiss franc, etc. So it's, it's a weighted index against all these things. Well, you know, I mentioned two weeks ago that the dollar had broken out again. And, and by the way, the euro had broken down, I think is what I said last week, uh, and you know, look, our data on this dollar spot index uh, can point to a time when a liquid market was created for this calculation. That was back in 1985. And, and you know, since then, we've had several bull and bear markets in the dollar. Uh, the, the last one started in 2000 and, and got creamed up until uh, 2016. And then it rallied, then it got creamed again. So uh, the dollar has broken a double top after breaking another double top, which is usually pretty good. And Remember, we look at a rising dollar market as any move of at least 10% from a low that constitutes a new rising dollar market, okay? That's the beginning of a trend that is established at the low watermark, shall we say. And the trend remains in force until the correction of 10% occurs. A falling dollar market is obviously the opposite of that, a 10% decline uh, from the from the peak. So uh, what we found is that there are certain things that happen within the Dow Jones when you have falling dollar markets, usually uh, you get beat up a little bit. When you have rising dollar markets, it's usually been positive. 
So everybody's complaining about the, the dollar, but look, in order to buy the currency, which a lot of currency people do throughout the world, what do you got to buy? You buy bonds and stocks. Okay. So that's a, it's a good thing. Uh, and if you look, most of the time we've had rising uh, uh, markets, we've averaged uh, about a 20% return during that period of time. In a falling market, we've averaged 18, a negative 18. So uh, there we go. The S&P 500, by the way, uh, I'm sorry, the dollar, when the dollar's averaged a big move, it's been about a 20% move. When it's had a bad move, it's a negative 18. So the S&P has averaged about 14.5 in that case. The S&P has risen higher in a falling dollar market, but it's been basic materials. And yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second. So it's kind of interesting. So if you can identify a rising or a falling dollar market, and we've, we've identified quite a few, the S and P 500 has performed well in both, but you got to buy different stocks. Obviously value and growth stocks tend to perform, uh, similarly during falling markets, uh, and, and, and rising dollar markets also. But look, if you look, uh, in, in a falling market, oil uh, and uh, uh, materials do best. In a um, rising dollar market, it's the NASDAQ, healthcare, mid caps, and small caps. So what? let's go over this again. Rising dollar market, you want to look at U.S. equities, small mid caps, growth stocks. Falling dollar, you want to look at non-U.S. equities, commodities, gold, and international securities. Now, What I found was interesting is that there's more and more money piling into foreign equities as the dollar goes up, which is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. So now look, uh, I I was listening to Tom Lee. Tom Lee is with Fundstrat and he's, he's one of the better strategists out there. And he, he thinks it's maybe time, you know, home builders have fallen like 36, 37%. He thinks it's time to buy them. Now I made a little bit of money last time, but you know, it's kind of hard to say, go back into them. But he also talks about the the strong seasonality that exists starting November 1st on. Now, we, we had a kind of rough road so far, but uh, look, demographics are a, a tailwind right now. I think, uh, you know, in the home building thing, the first time home builder is generally 25 to 45, and that's where most of the population is coming on now. But I, I would start to pay attention right now to the U.S. economy and earnings sustainability, all right? Uh, so if you're looking at different ideas – I think what you want to be doing, look, the, the economic cycle has advanced. Uh, we don't know if it's the end of the cycle or the beginning. So, I, you know, I think it's the beginning of a grand bull market, but the economic cycles come and go. Uh, but as it, it matures, the job market eventually improves to a state of full employment. That's where we are right now, although there's still a lot of people who just quit looking for a job. Uh, so if earnings growth is outstanding, you know, why did the stock market sell off so much? And I think it had something to do with our good friend, uh, Mr. Powell, and also the tariffs. But uh, look, um, we're, we're seeing some things that we really like, uh, and uh, I'll just go over those. And I got to get there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so here's what I'm seeing that I, I really like. Um, we had a secondary retest of the market, and remember, I said uh, last week that uh, you, you don't want to buy. You know, the 500 point up days only occur when we're still going down. But you've noticed on Thursday and Friday, we started out down and we creeped our way up. Applied materials, which I'm not recommending, was down 10% on Friday. And I think it closed positive. I have to check that. You know, uh, I'm not sure. But technology is uh, re-stress 
testing its 200-day moving average. And I've seen a couple that held and a couple that didn't. And, uh, you know, like you call me and I'll talk about that. But remember, defensive leadership, uh, I, I mean, this is the time when markets do well. But defensive leadership continues. But select cyclicals are showing some early signs of improvement. And uh, I'm also going to talk about the Shanghai Index. I think that was really interesting. But I'm seeing, you know, like um, Adobe and, and, and Salesforce were big leaders, and they're stress-testing their 200-day moving average. So it would be interesting to see if they hold uh, some industrials. I'm seeing some names there that look really, really good. By the way, I'm not recommending either one of those, okay? So don't, don't uh, say that uh, to me. But I look at, you know, the RSI, and, and, and I'm seeing some uh, data, you know, where we peaked, you know, back in April, and now we're seeing some early signs of bottoming. So that would be really, really good. And some people are also talking about an inverted head and shoulders on the S&P 500. Um, and I don't know if that's the case, but short term, uh, you know, the, the weekly, uh, quadrant is over, is uh, oversold and the, uh, daily is a little bit overbought. So we'll see what happens. The growth versus value. I am seeing, um, large cap growth versus value. It broke its uptrend line. Same with the mid cap and same with the small cap. So, uh, people are going more to growth. I mean, to, to value oriented stocks. Uh, the EEM, I'm finally seeing some very short, very short term evidence of improvement starting to develop there. So now I think the, the, the chart of the week, <laughs> if there is one, is the Shanghai index. Uh, now I think it might be too early to be buying it, but it's made a series of higher lows. Okay. So we're nearing the lower end of the long term channel, which is positive, And we're, we had some positive development. So. Some happened in China, and I think uh, if you look, we're at major support, and the weekly relative strength is starting to diverge positively. So, now look, we're still in a downtrend, so I, I think you need like 2,700 on the Shanghai index before you, you're going to be uh, jumping up and down. Once again, that that 3.3% yield held on the 10-year bond. The dollar index came right back to the downtrend line dating back to 1986 and broke out again. That's really positive. I mean, if you know, the dollar keeps rallying, uh, that's good. The euro broke down, oil broke down terribly. I mean, I, I like I said, I thought it was going to be pulled back to sixty. It just got cleaned. Now it's got a lot of support between forty six and fifty five. We'll see if that holds. You know, gold is uh, broken down badly after uh, a little bit of a. Actually, the gold stocks are doing better than gold, whatever that means. We're starting to see some early outperformance from financials. Like I told you, I thought you know they'd have to lead us out. Um, and, and by the way, it's, it's not just, you know, American financials, it's global financials. And some of the U.S. broker dealers are starting to look out, look good. And, and, and same with, uh, U.S. real estate. And also the media stocks are starting to look pretty good. So, um, we do have some established outperformance, early stages of it. And like telecommunications, remember 5G's out there. I talked about it last week. Consumer staples, healthcare, uh, and medical devices and pharmaceuticals will be interesting to see if our friends in the biotech world will, you know, follow suit. The groups I'm seeing are approving financials, utilities, REITs, and staples, weakening or discretionary technology, industrials, and materials. There are some exceptions in the industrial area. Staples and healthcare broke, broke out of their downtrend against the S&P 500. So that's a positive. And the financials did this week too. So we're, we're starting to see, I mean, I'm starting to like some of the, uh, the bank indexes and the regional bank indexes, and I had a lot of those uh, charts on my machine. So, hey, stay. We're going to talk about the bullish percent. This is the Smart Investor Hour. I'm Tim Hayes.
Is your lifestyle a busy one? Do you find yourself pulled in different directions? Fight fatigue and occasional stress with Quantum Nutrition Lab's Max Stress B. This B vitamin-rich formula delivers advanced support for mood balance and energy levels, as well as the liver, brain, immune system, cardiovascular system, and adrenal glands. Buy two bottles, get the third one free. Call 888-588-7578. 588-7578 or visit us online at qnlabs.com that's qnlabs.com Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, PhD, host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works. Listen to Healthline with Dr. Bob Marshall, Saturdays at noon on AM 1420, The Answer. Mike Gallagher wants to know what we do with the migrant caravan now. Portions of this caravan consisting of 900 Central Americans in 22 buses arrived in the northern border state of Sonora, escorted by state and federal police yesterday. We got seven to 10,000 people arriving by bus, by car, by foot. I don't know. They're coming. And what's cable news going to say now? The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 11, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1420. The Answer. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, if you guys just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes, and um, like I said, you know, we if, if you want to hear, just heard part of that last show, you know, the last uh, clip, and you want to hear it all, once again, WHK1420 is the web web uh, address. Go to the podcast and go to the local ones and go to Tim Hayes, and uh, you can hear it all, all right? Um, by the way, from that web page, you can go directly to my web page, Okay, so you can just click on my webpage address and poof, you're right there. So uh, you can only listen to the show, but if you want to talk to me, have a cup of coffee, uh, hit the contact me, and uh, we're off to the races, right? So uh, I noticed State Street this week added healthcare services to their their State Street portfolio, their model portfolio, which I thought was kind of interesting. By the way, they added healthcare this summer, and remember, we were talking about healthcare about. Uh, six, eight months ago. So we're uh, actually more like in December. Um, so healthcare has been a, you know, one that's been down and out. Now, the, the next thing I think might be really interesting is biotechnology. I heard a, 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 a presentation by a gentleman who's one of the older biotech analysts. Uh, I mean, one of the first guys to recommend Amgen, you know, back in the 80s. So uh, this guy's been around the block a, a couple times. And he talked about there he's never seen so much life-saving technology trading between 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 percent below where it should. I thought that was kind of interesting. Anyway, this this is what we talk about the bullish percent. And the bullish percent is our main risk guide, okay? It doesn't tell you that the market's going to go down a thousand or go up a thousand or whatever. It just tells you that, hey, the risk is higher here or lower. 
Okay, and what it is is a chart that goes from zero to 100, and there's two key points there. When we hit 70, that's usually the, the red zone. That's when things are getting overheated, and everybody's talking about the market, and it's going to the moon. You know how that goes. <laughs> Everybody, hey, oh, man, I'm like, I got Facebook. It's, you know, I, I told people to sell Facebook at 179, and uh, went on to 211, and uh, I, I had a guy transfer out. I couldn't believe it, you know, uh, and he, he gave me a real hard time about it. And now it's, I think it was down five bucks on Friday. Um, I'm looking pretty good. Look, you're never going to sell at the high. You're never going to buy at the low. Count on it. I, I've been doing this way too long. I've, I've heard all these people say they did it and I, I, I'd like to see it on print. Okay. But anyway, uh, so seventies, everything's going crazy. Below thirties, green zone. That's when everybody hates the world. We just went through it. We were just under there. Okay. And, uh, suddenly that's the best place to buy. Well, when we're in a column of X's, we have the offensive team on the field. When we call them of O's, we bring the defensive team on the field. Now, that doesn't mean you have to sell every stock you own, all right? Uh, it means that, it, you know, there's some flush outs, okay? Uh, I mean, Amazon, NVIDIA, a lot of these names. Look, I own a little bit of NVIDIA. I don't own a lot of it. It got beat up pretty bad, uh, you know. So it it, it happens, okay? Um so right now, the, we're, we're at 37%. So we, you know, we went up five or six points the week before. Then we dipped and I told you we would dip. So I used, said, use the dip to buy. I, uh, I used the dip to buy. I have a couple of insurance contracts where I added them into a more, you know, we've been much pretty conservative for a while. We went a little bit more aggressive and, uh, we wouldn't reverse down till 32. So that's five points away. That's not bad. The over the counter index is in a column of X's officially as of, uh, I think Wednesday, um, and it won't reverse down till 28. It's at 33. And the world index. So we all turned up together. What a marvelous thing. Like I said, the Shanghai index is the most interesting to me. And I noticed that Mr. Trump Friday spoke of a trade deal, which would be very interesting. So, so what we have is the bullish percent for everything turned up into a column of X's. So the offensive teams on the field. Now, most of you are still scared to death. Think about it. Go look in the mirror and say, I'm scared to death. And then fi- find your favorite stocks. If you can't find them, uh, open an account with me and I'll find them for you. Okay. Uh, but when you're scared to death, life is good. Okay. So once again, when we have a, a dollar, a strong dollar, uh, telecom does all right, but really consumer cyclicals, healthcare, technology, and financials do the best. And I think, uh, you know, you, industrials come in a, a distance fifth. And consumer non-cyclicals, the distance sixth. So basic energy, uh, basic materials and energy don't do, they're usually negative during the period of time when there's a strong dollar. So now, uh, let's go over this one more time. Rising dollar assets, financials, second best performing, technology best performing, healthcare third best performing, consumer cyclicals, number four. In a falling dollar, energy, basic materials, utilities and industrials, and non-cyclical and cyclical. Uh, that's a tactical advantage for, you know, those out there. So I looked at all the charts and, you know, the long-term charts still look really great. And, uh, look, I look at daily charts every day, weekly charts once a week and monthly charts once a month. And the monthly charts still look great. Um, a lot of people are selling stocks that I think look fantastic on the long-term chart. Now, some of them don't. So, uh, but, you know, the Dow Jones has been had seven weeks of negative momentum. The small cap and mid caps just turned positive last week. So we've had our first week of positive momentum. The QQQs have had negative momentum for 11 weeks and still getting beaten up a little bit. Uh, the relative, uh, the, I'm sorry, the 
S&P 500, uh, uh, I'm sorry, equal weight, I was going to say market weight, equal weight index, that's where each stock has one vote, uh, has been positive for a week, but the S&P 500 market capitalization, that's, you know, your market capitalization is the number of shares you have times the price of your stock. So, you know, the higher price stocks do better here. Uh, has been negative for eight weeks, and there's a reason for that. What's really interesting is domestic equities, we've seen an outflow of $87 million. Uh, actually, that's, yeah, $87 million. And in the world equities, which have been underperforming by almost 14%, we've had $86 million come into them. So I don't know what the, those advisors are thinking about out there, but it's, and, They've also put 146 million into taxable bonds, which really the taxable bonds are just getting killed. And there's been some big warnings out there. So if your advisor is doing that, you might want to follow the money for a while. Um, you know, I, I, I still, there's this fight between the equal weight S and P 500 and a market capitalization weight. Well, the equal weight is still winning and it's been that way for a pretty long time. I mean, uh, you know, we, I think we've gone, we went from 1231 of 1994 to 1113 of 2018. The, the equal weight has been favored over the S&P 500. That's a long time, folks. I mean, that's 20, uh, 20, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's too early. It's too early to figure that out, but it's a long time. Uh, so, but when you switch back and forth, you know, usually the, the returns are phenomenal. So, but it's still, you know, the equal weight, and, and if you don't have one in uh, your 401k plan, you should ask for one. Uh, you know, I've asked for one several times, and I think they're actually starting to listen to me. Um, once again, the um, the bullish percent for all the groups is at 34.4%. It's actually down a half a percentage point. Once again, we have no favorite sectors. So it's the second week in a row. I haven't seen this since '09, and the last time I saw it before that was '03. Um so, but we have all sorts of groups that are under 30. Remember, that's the promised land if we turn back up. So, you know, you might want to be jotting down names in this, these groups. Auto parts, forest, paper products, gaming, non-ferrous metals, oil service, oil, precious metals. Uh, biogenetics are at 30. Building materials at 30. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, also goods at 30. Uh, machinery and tools at 30. Steel and iron at 22, transports at 30. I mean, it, it, it got ugly there for a while. Uh, you know, and by the way, we, you know, if you'd like to get on my mailing list, I, I, in September, I said that, uh, advanced decline line broke down. Actually, this was Bob Dickey stuff who, who shows up every day on my webpage. So if you Google Tim Hayes or, uh, you know, whatever, it's, it's there. Okay. And he said it, uh, and I sent it out a couple of days later, just to make sure everybody saw it. And it was a good time. You know, I, I have about 15 to 20% cash, and which is never enough when you have something like this, but uh, what are you going to do? As far as changes, oil and, and forced and paper products went to unfavored status. To the ultimate un- unfavored status was finance, which should be interesting because, you know, if it turns, it's good. And drugs moved to average, uh, which we haven't seen in a while. So now fixed income, uh, you know, has there's effects on fixed income, too, with rising and, and, and falling markets. So, if you have a rising market, um, you know, what you want to be paying attention to is, is domestic, uh, fixed income. If you have a falling dollar market, you want to go to international 
fixed income. And so we have a rising market. So remember that. As far as commodities concerned, oil's been just killed for four weeks now. So, I mean, it's been very negative. Gold went negative this last week. Commodities in general went negative. So, uh, but over the past 30 days, uh, you know, crude oil fell. Well, the futures fell 22%. The actual dollar, you know, cash thing fell 30. That's a big, it's a big whacking. Uh, and they're in Contago now. So it's, it's pulled back from the mid seventies to 50. So we've seen what they call CL Contago, which is, uh, you know, CL is the symbol for oil. And it ultimately dropped. So it's, we got a negative roll yield. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, you should because, uh, it'll affect your oil positions going forward. Um, I don't have time to explain it on the radio. Sorry. Call me. Uh, relative strength buys. Uh, look, we've taken a big economy. We've moved down and we're, we're talking about ideas that, you know, you might want to look at. AstraZeneca went uh, positive. Corvell, which is in the healthcare, uh, healthcare providers area. Horizon Pharma. Northwest Pipe, which had a big move. Uh, Meridian Biosciences. Amphistar Pharmaceuticals. Huffton Mifflin and North Star Realty. So a lot of medical stocks, a lot of medical stocks here, and uh, a REIT and a couple of non-cyclicals. On the sell side, we've got a couple pages here. Uh, Pyrus, Arena, Pharmaceuticals, Central Garden, Dry Quill, Basic Energy Services, Amaris, the Carlisle Group, IIVI, uh, Magellan Health, Orishore Technologies, PDC Energy, MV Oil, Matador Resources, Transocean, BlackBerry, Sagamo, uh, Stamp.com, Universal uh, Forest Paper Products, Golden Ocean, Zagcorp, QEP Resources, Yelp, Stemline Therapeutics, Model Model N, Tribune, California Resources, Zayo, Hortonworks, uh, Luminant, Holdings, Mind Body, Edison, uh, Talos Energy. So just a whole lot of things going on. Look, everybody says uh, everybody's negative. But look, I think there's a couple things that could happen. We got the election over with, so now we know the Democrats have the House, and they're trying to steal <laughs> as much of the Senate as they can get. But I think if two, one of two things happens, you know, fed, federal, uh, I mean, the the Fed chair, Mr. Powell, has kind of backed his way in that he has to raise rates in December because of uh, a couple of things Trump said and what he said. If he if he greets the market and he says, "Hey, the other four rate hikes are not a certainty; we're going up." The other likelihood, which we talked about, you know, Mr. Trump talked Friday that he may want to do a trade deal. That could be very big for the market. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Insider Buys, the Smart Investor Show. Have you been putting off taking care of yourself? Maybe you're tired and sluggish and you know you could lose some weight, but where do you even start? Well, Nutramost Insulin guarantees a 20-pound weight loss. Dr. Abood is here to tell us all about it. Dr. Abood, what's important to know? Every good chef knows that in order to make a delicious meal, he needs the proper ingredients. Our bodies are no different. In order to enjoy good health, we need proper nutrition. If you're not able to identify what your body might be deficient in, chances are you're going to find yourself gaining weight each and every year. Now, losing the weight is great, but what about gaining the weight back? How do you prevent that? And that's the part where we feel it's so important for the follow-up. We want to meet with you during the program every week, and even when the program's over once a month, no charge, 
so that you never have to gain this weight back again. Take the first step, the hardest step, and make the call. What are you waiting for? Call Dr. Abood at Nutramost Solon today at 440-669-0050 or log on to slendersolon.com. Whatever you're doing this Saturday, head to Medina and find out why Medina Buick GMC can offer leases as low as 69 bucks a month on new 2019 Terrain SLE. That's right, 69 bucks a month. Come see why Medina Buick GMC is the number one Buick GMC dealer in Northeast Ohio. We love what we do, and you'll love what we do, too. Medina Buick GMC, I-71, Route 18. Click MedinaGMAutomall.com. 24 months, $29.95 Buick signing, plus tax, title, and dot fees. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. And uh, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Once again, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee, talk about your portfolio. It's 888-223-7742. It's 888-223-7742. Now, this is where we talk about insiders. Once again, we're, we're taking this big, huge economy and we're turning into certain ideas that, you know, uh, throwing out ideas out there. We're not recommending any of these, but we're throwing out ideas. And uh, look, I'll say this. After a sell-off or during a sell-off, it's been rare, very, very rare, where I've seen this many insiders buy. It's, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I have three, three insider sources that I go to, and it's, I can't write them all down, okay? Uh, so there's a lot of them. So let's start out with Exonica Modulation Technologies was one buyer of $8 million dollars. Platform specialty products, there was three buyers of $7.8 million. And then, by the way, Friday, I think a couple more came in. Village Bank and Trust, there was one buyer of $3 million. And Kana, which they just beat up after they made an acquisition, 11 buyers of two, of $2.4 million. We had another couple buyers of GE to the tune of about $2.2 million. Um, and... Uh, there was one, another one where there was five, yeah, Williams companies, there was five buyers of a million. So, uh, you know, quite a few buyers. Uh, then we go to another list and Perego, the CEO bought a million, the CFO bought two, uh, 246,000 and the oldest director, but oldest, uh, director on the board, I should say, bought 206,000. If you don't know who Perego is, they're a healthcare company, make, make a lot of, um, uh, uh, you know, products for uh, name brand people. Air Products, uh, the CEO and chairman bought 3.2 million. And then three days later, he bought 3.66. And boy, he has a really good track record. This thing's down from 170. He paid 159 for the one and 161 for the other. And then Dr. Frost, we haven't heard from him in a while, at Opco bought 20 million shares. Now, he owned 131, 
and now he owns an, he owns 150 in one fell swoop. What I thought was very interesting is his head technology officer, Jane Hasio, bought 587,000. She owns about 13 million, so she just added another. You know, I mean, these are big chunks, folks. These are five, six percent chunks. Okay, so uh, I don't know what's happening in Opco, but you know, uh, they're they're pretty confident. Uh, we talked about GE. American Homes for Rent. You know, last week we had a whole bunch of people buy. On the on the 13th, we had uh, two directors buy 4.6 million each. Then on the 14th, we had another couple directors buy 1.7 million each. So we've had 18 buyers to the tune of almost 45 million dollars. Now this stock was 23; it's now 20. So obviously they they're fairly. Uh, Fairly positive about the stock. So you love to see multiple buyers. It's been everybody from the CEO to the CFO to everybody in there. So uh, I think there's a pretty good dividend yield, too, on that one. I just can't remember. Uh, hold on. Let me look it up. Uh, the di- no, the dividend yield is only 1%. Uh, the Howard Hughes Corporation, which is in real estate development and, and uh, financial stuff, was 140 uh, just back in August, is now 110 The CEO bought $5.46 uh, million. He is very well respected, just so you know. And then Huffington Mifflin, which uh, from what I understand, you know, there's some rumors about it being up for sale. Jack Lynn, if you don't know who he is, you should look him up. Bought a million dollars worth. He already owns a ton of it. Uh, Haynes Celestial, uh, which just got clobbered. Uh, back in Jan- uh, March, it was uh, $38. is now 22 The president and CEO stepped up the plate, and he owns a lot of it. I love when CEOs own a lot of it, and they buy more. He bought a million dollars worth just recently. And uh, Chenier Energy, and if you don't know who Chenier Energy, they make liquid natural gas, and it's uh, becoming one of our major I- exports. Uh, you know, by the way, there's there's another company out there that has been uh, shown to be able to turn l- natural gas into a liquid. And if that occurs, along with our friends at Chenier, rushes out of business. Uh, they'll start a war, trust me, on that one. And then uh, Green Hill & Company, which is uh, an investment brokerage company, the CEO um, bought one one million. The the there's a uh, they call it a secondary CEO. He bought nine hundred thirty two thousand. Then he bought another two million. Um, and then Robert Greenhill bought four point seven million. And two days later, he bought two hundred eighty four thousand. Uh, that's not chump change. Uh, and Geo uh, last week we uh, GEO is a symbol. Uh, you know, we talked about that. There was several insider buyers there. The CEO bought another 1.7 million, so it's a second buy in two weeks. And then Wynn, uh, you know, uh, Steve Wynn sold out completely at, uh, he saved himself about three, four billion dollars, by the way. Uh, one of the directors, uh, who was around with Mr. Wynn just bought, uh, one million dollars worth, uh, just on, on Thursday, I believe. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And Ryman Hospitality Properties, uh, down from 90 at the 75 level. The CEO bought $989,000 worth. So that's uh, good, you know, good buying right there. All right. So, you know, look, um, we've had, we had a strong uptrend in 2017. And what's normal in a bull market is for the market to go sideways to consolidate. So what we did was, you know, when you have an uptrend, you draw a line below each of the lower highs, uh, lower lows and the lower and the higher highs. Okay. I'm sorry. Lower lows and higher highs. And that's an uptrend. So when you get to the top end of the, you know, the, the high end of it, it's got to go sideways to the other side. And that's what we're doing right now. Uh, unfortunately, it's been a little bit violent. And the other thing is that the move between the two, between the high and the low, uh, is between, oh, let's use the Dow. 
the bottom of it's around 2350 and the top is around 2700 so that's a 4000 points it's so it's, it's about 9 10% so it's you know it's it's the volatility in the markets is going to be high for a while and um, it'll change daily weekly whatever but i think it's going to stick around for a while uh so I better get used to it what i did notice is the best directional scores in our from our friends at uh, Dorsey Wright who by, by the way provide us with a bullish percent they're great guys uh Watson Wright and uh and Tom Dorsey but the best performing groups were utilities inverse fixed income floating rate and the S&P 500 index funds this last week and healthcare came in fifth so that you know that doesn't say much for the market now uh somebody asked me okay Tim uh Last week you were talking about this rectangle we're in, and you know uh, uh, the lower end of it is around twenty six fifteen on the S and P five hundred. Um, could we get there? Yeah, we could. If we were to break through twenty eight twenty five, that would be a head a reverse head and shoulders on the S and P five hundred, which would probably send us to three thousand on the uh, S and P five hundred, which would be very positive, obviously. Um, and I think that would occur, like I said, if we had one of two things happen. Uh, if both happen, it'd be fantastic. If the Fed backed off after the December rate increase and said, eh, we don't need four more, we'd go to the moon then. <laughs> and then if uh, Mr. Trump talked Friday about, uh, you know, he, he put out a tweet about he wants to do a trade deal. So that would be another thing that would be very, very good. So, look, I don't think uh, we're in like kind of a rotating bear market at this point, And um, the bear markets occur in in secular bull markets quite often. I mean, 1987 was a a bear market. 1990 was a bear market. 1998 was a bear market. And they incurred one of the greatest bull markets in history. You were invested from the beginning of it to the end of it. You were talking about 10 times your money. Okay? So, look, if it was easy, everybody do it. Remember that. All right? So, uh, I think what we're looking at is a a circumstance where uh, we're in this consolidation, and it's probably going to stay that way for a while. So just just remember that. Look, the high yield spreads reached new year to date highs this last couple of weeks, and I think you know if if some of the guys I was talking about earlier in the show, and if you ha- you want to listen to the show again, once again WHK fourteen twenty hit the podcast on Monday at at about one, and uh, you know so we got a three hundred ninety two basis point spread. A basis point is one one hundredth of a percentage point, and uh, that's that's a lot. I mean I've seen it ten thousand. Okay, or 10 percentage points. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but let look, let's just talk about uh, what Lori Calcivinas said. She wants a better entry point in the U.S. equity market because uh, she doesn't think some of the positioning problems have been resolved. What she means is a change in leadership. The, uh, she thinks the recent weakness in U.S. equities has been deserved from an an, uh, earnings revision perspective. She thinks there's going to be a lot of deals and cash deployment. Uh, you know, Intel announced a, a buyback of $15 billion on top of the 4.7. They still have to buy back on Friday. So that's, you know, that's the type of thing she's talking about. There may be some deal deals, people buying other people. Um, small and large valuations. Uh, valuations is better in the small in the near term. Probably the best valuations I've seen in small caps in a long time. Uh, she continues to prefer value versus growth, which seems to be the way to go. And she's underweight large cap technology and communication services. She does kind of like telecommunications though. So, um, so she says there's, you know, what you're going to see is a rotation out of the crowded names. So what do you do here? Well, 
Um, look, oil's just come down hard. There might be some good bottom fishing if you have a two, three year uh, perspective. I would start with the oil, with the oil companies that are basically banks. They have huge dividend yields. Uh, you know, they, you know, great on their balance sheets, but I mean, you know, 4% dividend yields look pretty good right now. That's where I'd start. Uh, some of the other names out there, uh, you know, look good, but the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list. I like the dividend growth portfolio better. There's a lot of names on there with a lot of good looking charts. And I've been saying this now for four months. Okay. Now, a lot of people are starting to finally come, <laughs> come to and ask for the lists. And look, we don't harass you. I ask if you want to be our mailing list. If you want to do business with me, you'll do business with me because I can do more than just the dividend growth portfolio. Trust me. Uh, but the point is, is that it may be now that everybody's asking for it, it might be time to cool off on it. I'll let you know about that next week. But look, uh, you can't fake a dividend. <laughs> you just can't. All right. Uh, you know, look, I don't know if you know accounting, but I do. And I, I, I look at balance sheets all the time. I rip apart, uh, annual reports all the time and you can't fake a dividend. Okay. If things are going downhill, you got to cut your dividend. Just ask the folks at GE. They cut it to four cents. All right. They had a three and a half percent dividend yield. It's now down to less than a percentage point. So the dividend growth portfolio, if you're growing your dividend, you're doing a good job of managing your company. That simple. Uh, great idea. Great. You know, if you're 40 and your dividend growth and you roll the dividends into more stock, believe me, over time, it's a phenomenal idea. All right, uh, that's what I would suggest for now. Um, that, and the oil ideas are kind of interesting. Some of the staples are starting to break out. So if you're you're willing to buy a stock's going to break out, that's a place to be. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Uh, build a snowman. <laughs> this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Remember, buy low and sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. 7742 or visit his website rbcwmfa.com slash tim hayes that's all one word in the address bar rbcwfma.com slash tim hayes please join us again next saturday for the smart investor hour to hear more smart investing from tim hayes of rbc wealth management Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.